going to ask you to take your Bibles to Acts chapter 12, and we're going to continue this theme on praying. And uh, as you turn in your Bibles, I, I want you to think of how many of us love our Bibles. I love, if I was to go around right now and I was to say, raise your hand and tell me your, your, your favorite Bible story, or favorite, I don't even like to use the word story, your favorite Bible event. It, it happened, everything in this Bible happened just as real as the founding of America, okay, just so you understand that. This is a historical book. This goes back in our history. It tells us what was and what God did and what God still will do. It's not just a, a mythical book about stories from, you know, stories like we read to our kids that we make up. This is a, the real deal. But if I, if I was to tell you awesome, incredible stories, I would, I would share with you different things about how Nahum dipped seven times in the water and he came out of the seven times believing that God could do anything and he came out of the water, the Bible says, healed of his leprosy. I, I could tell you about how Gideon conquered an army with just by yelling out in the name of the Lord. I, I could tell you about people that, like Esther, that through the boldness of God and the conviction that she had in God, she bust through those doors, went before the king, knowing that in any second he could call her hand out to have her put to death for what she did. I could tell you about People like David that went before a giant and dropped him with just a stone and a sling because he trusted God. I could tell you about how people that, that prayed out to God like Joshua and just said, Lord, I, I can't do this without you. And Lord, we're running out of daylight even to win the battle. And God reached up and held the sun still for them to be able to finish the battle. And I was sharing with my, my class this morning as we were doing our adult Bible fellowship. And I told the guys, I said, here's the thing. We, we almost put them in a separate category of what God did for them and what God does with us today. It's almost like we look at them as elevated Christians of how they've accomplished something that we could never do. It, it, they are just stories of people that are no different than you and I, except they realize that with God they could do great things. You realize that is the only thing that separates them from us. They trusted, they obeyed, but nowhere in the Bible are you ever going to read that David had an extra level of grace or mercy or love or, or anything from God. They were just like us. Have you ever thought about different characters you'd like to talk to when you get to heaven? Different Bible people? Some of you want to run up in Peter and say, Man, Peter, you put your foot in your mouth all the time. Peter's going to say, dude, I watched you too. You did that all the time too. You know, we, we identify. I, I want to sit down with David. Don't judge me for what I'm saying here. I want to sit down with David and say, man, tell me that story. Man, Tony, I'm going to tell you right now, I was scared to death. And man, I, was, I, I just knew that God was going to do something. I ran out there and I took that sword or, or that sling and I knocked him down. And I was just praying to my heart, dear God, do what I cannot do. And God did it. Man, I was so excited. He might even say, Tony, nobody even saw me. But I did a little praise dance out there and just was so excited before I ran out there. And I took the sword and I chopped his head off and I did all these. Man, I was so excited seeing what God did. I say, David, that's cool. Sit down, let me tell you a story. <laughs> let me tell you what, what God did in my church. And he said, man, Tony, that's awesome. And I said, yeah, how, how did you do that? I'm saying the same way that you did it. I did it with the power of God. Is it possible that David is looking forward to meeting some of us so he could hear what God did in our lives the same we are with him? He said, oh my goodness, I'm offended over you, Pastor Tony. You are belittling what God did through the great man David. You know what I'm offended over? 
the idea that God, we have the idea that God still doesn't do that today. We belittle God's story, God's events through history, because God said, I showed you all this so that you would have a storybook or, or, or a historical book to say, look what I did, keep doing it, keep doing it. And instead, we just look back and go, that was cool, that was cool. And God's like, I didn't, I didn't give you all that just so you could look back and say what was cool. I gave it to you so you know what you could do as a church. Here we have an incredible story in the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 12. You guys know that we've been in Acts for about four weeks. And, and uh, when I was getting ready to preach this, I was reading through Acts. And I, I read some of these stories every single night and some of these things that God did. And certain ones jumped out at me, and so I'm going back to those. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1, And now about the time of Herod, the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of the unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now there was this opposing power when they weren't playing. Killed one of them, arrested the other guy. They were going to put him to death. They wanted to wait for the right time. He didn't want to roll up the people at the wrong time. The word vex literally means to make an evil effect, to harm, to hurt. This is serious. We're not just saying that they were giving them a hard time about whether they could pray or what. I'm literally saying they were dragging them out, arresting their leaders. And it was those that opposed. It literally is talking about there were certain people of the church. They were targeting those that were making a difference. Peter, man, was a leader at this time. He had made a made a difference. People followed him. A lot of people were saved under his ministry. They looked up to him and saying, God, why would you allow this to happen to such a great man? We go on. It says in verse 4, and when they had apprehended him, they put him in the prison. Now listen to this. And delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now jump forward one verse uh, to verse 6. And when Herod had brought him forward, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Let, let, let me ask you guys, being honest and bringing this to our application, how do you help someone that you have no ability to help? How do you reach someone that you can't get to? Some of you right now are sitting there and Last week we had a hand, uh, raise of hands and asking you how many of you love somebody that you know is, is bound in an affliction. They're caught up in some sort of a, a addiction or, or they're without God. And you'd say my son is in the military. My daughter is away. My mom and dad won't go to church. My mom and dad are, is an atheist or my dad is an atheist. My son has told me don't you ever mention God to me again. I'm tired of this. Get off my back. Don't mention it again. And you know how we feel so helpless. How do you help someone that you can't get to? And man, also knowing that the time is nearing, people are going to go to hell without Jesus Christ. We have the power of God and we're just saying, God, I want to do. So you know what we kind of do? We force it. We kick down the door. Son, I know you said never to mention this again, but I've got to tell you, I'm so burdened. Mom, Dad, get off my back. Please leave me alone. I can't hear this anymore. If this is the way it's going to be, I don't even want to be around you anymore. So we walk away with our heads bowed, feeling defeated. 
let, let me explain something to you, or, or us as a church. We are not defeated. We shouldn't act like it. We shouldn't live like it. We just have to do it God's way. If we get away from doing it God's way and we do it in our own strength, like they read earlier, God is the, the, the source of our strength. Without him, Jesus said, we can do nothing. Nothing at all. Talk about reaching somebody you can't reach. Peter, listen to what it says. Sleeping between two soldiers, bound by chains. The door was locked. The outer door was locked. There was guards at the door. Down in the prison tour it passed there, there was the, the quadrants of, uh, of soldiers blocking them and, and at, every, at every section making sure he didn't get out. And then the Bible talks about the main gate was locked. Let me just explain. It's an impossible situation. Not only is it an impossible situation, he's on a timeline to die. See, here you have this church that's sitting there saying, not only is there nothing we can do, but if we do nothing, he's going to die. Say, man, this stinks. How many of us are burdened for someone? You say, Pastor Tony, I can't explain to you that they live a thousand miles away and I just feel so helpless to reach them. If I only live closer, I've got that spouse that's ignored me for years and years and years and years and they won't listen to me. This church could not rescue Peter. They could not get to Peter. They could not talk to Peter. They could not hire armies to get to Peter. There was no justice involved and there was no judge to stand in the gap to help them. But here's the verse that I left out. Look back to verse 5. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Let's pray. Lord, as I, Lord, share with my church family the power of prayer. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will help us more than anything to understand the application of this. Lord, the reason why we're not reaching people that are beyond our reach is because we're not seeking you to do it. Lord, through this, you have proven, Lord, that you are able to go far beyond this. You're able to do what we cannot do. And I pray, Lord, that you'll just sit down with us this morning at Fellowship Baptist Church and minister to our hearts to fire us up to understand, Lord, that we need you, Lord, more than we need anything. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let me ask you, have we missed this? Because I promise we haven't missed the worry of mom sitting there, sitting with her husband. I don't know what we're going to do. We've got to get him in church. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Or I, I tried to talk to the neighbor. He told me to get off the lawn. How are we going to reach these people? This church was broken. I'm telling you, they were flat out seeking the face of God because they realized that Peter was going to die. Church, I'm telling you, we all have loved ones that are going to die in the same situation. The hope of Peter was knowing that he'd go to heaven. We're dealing with people that don't have the hope of heaven without Jesus Christ. Do we get this? Every day, every day we are missing out on an opportunity. Every day we're getting closer and closer to eternity. Every day our children that are not saved are closer and closer to eternity. Every day, the kids that we reach on our bus routes, the ministry that we do in this church, everything we do in our community, every day is one less day we have to reach them. What are we doing with the opportunities that we have? Here's what they did. It comes down to being this simple. <clears throat> Just two points this morning and a whole bunch of subpoints. so don't get comfortable. <clears throat> Notice, first of all, the unity of their prayer. The unity of their prayer. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 
Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. They were united in their problem. All of them shared the same burden that, you know what, guys, it's not just Peter is a hero to me or a hero to me or, or this guy or that guy. They all came together and said, hey, we are all broken over somebody that we know that is, is captured and bound by sin. Now, I'll ask you guys as a church, how many of you, by raise of hand, say right now, I am burdened for someone that I know is lost but knows needs Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Raise it right now. Keep it up. Keep it up. Now, look over your shoulder. Look around. Look around. Look around. You're not alone. You guys get that? Not one of us should be bearing this burden of whoever this represents alone. And if we are, we're not doing it God's way. We, we have to understand that God says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. God called us here more than just to sing songs. God called us out to do more than just fill pews. God called us out that we would bear each other's burdens, come together collectively to cr- cry out to our God to say, God, do what we cannot do. They were broken. The Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto him. Notice they were united in their prayer. Without ceasing, constantly, an attitude of prayer, constantly stopping to pray, constantly crying out to God. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, and shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. God is not saying that when you pray in your house and you get there and say, God, I wish I had somebody else, but Lord, it's just me, so I hope you hear me anyways. It's not a matter of God saying, I'm not going to bless your prayer as an individual. But God's saying, hey, let me tell you, when I have the unity of people coming together, When me and Pastor Joe can sit down and we pray together, we put our arms around each other and say, Lord, we're praying for our children. God said, I'm honored by that. God is honored by the unity of his family, his children come together unified to accomplish something. Let me ask you this. Are we alone in what we do when it comes to our prayers? You say, oh, bless God, no way, Pastor Tony, we're all together. How many of us have come together to pray for what we're looking for? I'm serious. We, we can talk about it all day long, but when's the last time you were in a prayer meeting? When's the last time you called another Christian and saying, hey, let's not just get together and watch the game. Let's get together to pray. When's the last time we've done that? When's the last time you pulled your family together? When's the last time you pulled your class together? When's the last time you just stopped and said, hey, we need God right now because we can't do this of ourselves? Let me tell you, church, talk is cheap. We can come together four times a week. We have Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and sit there and talk about how great God is and what God could do. I could tell you the story of David and Goliath 20 times, but I'll never experience the power of what David did until I realize that I need to get together with you guys first to bow on my knees and pray to God. It's not that God's not going to hear my prayer, but if we're unified to do something great for God together, then why can't we meet together to seek that? Last Sunday, I'll be honest, I was... I was broken to finish the service. I was. I, I, I just felt like, okay, I've got how many people on my mind that I'm inviting and I'm reaching out to, to to see come to know Christ. And I asked a question in the church and hands were going up all over. I'm not saying this to beat anybody up and it's not even that this is the right thing to do or whatever. But I'm saying, how can we be that broken and not step out of our foot to maybe grab a group of people and pray? How can we be that broken 
never bow our knees in our house, turn off the TV, meet with a Sunday school class? How can we be that broken if it's not on our hearts to say, guys, you know what we need to do? We need to stop right now and we need to pray. I'm not saying that to beat you guys up. I'm saying this to, to, to me as well. I don't do it enough. I don't think we do it enough as a church. We have got to have the presence and the power of God to do what we cannot do, but we'll never see it unless we're unified in our prayers of asking God. You know what it ought to be when somebody comes to the altar, and I'm not saying for everybody to run out, but that person that whatever they're bearing in their life should never be bared alone. Whatever that person is that you're praying for right now, it shouldn't just be your burden to reach them. And I look at this and over and over, where God said two or three are gathered, I'm the miss, and this whole church was gathered together in prayer, and I realized God is honored by the assembling of the church coming together to lift up something in prayer, and God shows up to do something when we do that. Am I alone in this? You guys know what I'm saying? Yes. All right, let me, let, me, let me hit home a little bit. How many of you right now would admit, I have a child. Don't be ashamed. I have a child right now that I'm burdened for one way or another. Raise your hand. Look at that. Put your hands down. How many people are bearing that burden with you right now? So we had a great church service. We all came into a building, we all sang a song, we all got up, but did we accomplish what the Bible says that we do as true Christians? Are we, are we carrying these things out? Or are we just talking about them? You know what I'm saying? If you've got children, I'm telling you, the power of prayer has the ability to go to that child's room and convict them. The power of prayer has the ability to kick open that door and reach him where he's at. I believe in the power of prayer, but it's never going to do anything unless we do it. Let me show you. Here, these people are gathered together and talked about their unity in prayer. But let me show you the power of their prayer. The Bible says, and I read this right here about how, verse 6, how when Herod would have brought him forth. And the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound in two chains. And the keeper, keepers before the door kept the prison. Remember the church was praying all the way that they did that. Here Peter's way over here locked in this prison. Nobody could see what's going on. And all these guys could do is bow their knee and say, God, we can't do anything except seek your face. You know, what? you know how selfish we are? We think as long as we can't see something happening that God's not doing anything. Do you guys know that? Have you ever realized I, I, I need to see progress of what I'm doing? I wish there was a prayer meter okay? As I'm praying and God's saying, yep, I'm going to answer, getting closer. Yep, bingo, you prayed enough. Boom, yeah, I could do that. You know, I, th there's no prayer meeting, but, meter because the Bible says it's about faith. It's about meaning, the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. I have to put my confidence in God, not in what I'm saying, but knowing, God, you can handle this and you will do it. So here these people are praying their hearts out. Here, do we often forget that we serve a God that has zero limitations? There, there is not one person that he cannot reach. There's not one past that he cannot overcome. There's not one sin that he can't deal with. There is no distance that can come between my God and my prayer and the power of my God. The Bible says that the power of God goes before us. And I, I'm going to show you. They're praying over here, and the, and the Spirit of God doesn't just travel over there. The Bible says that it just showed up over here to do what they were praying about. Do you believe in that? Let me show you. The Bible says that Peter's locked up in this present. Notice verse 7. They're praying. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon them. Look at the power of their prayer. The Bible says reaches out beyond what we can reach. It goes before us. Here you imagine they're over here praying. Dear God, 
Peter's in there. I, I pray that when he goes before the judge tomorrow that, Lord, that, that, that he'll just have compassion on him and he'll let him go. And God's saying, seriously, that man's never going to do that. Dear God, I, I pray, Lord, that those soldiers, one of them will just wake up and, and have this heart to let him go. And God's saying, that's not how I want to work. They'll, they'll give the credit to that soldier. And we're praying and we, we've got it all planned out. God, this is what you need to do. Rather than saying, Lord, you just go before us and do what I cannot do. God says, that's what I've been waiting for. The Bible says over here, and behold, bam, God's there. And the Bible says that the presence of God was there. See, God went to do what they could never do. God showed up to do what we could never do in the lives of people. You say, I've got a son that's rebellious. I've got a neighbor that doesn't want anything to do with God. He doesn't want to listen to me. The Bible says, you know what? I can show up in his dorm room. I can show up in his house. I can be in his car. I can sit on his left while he's driving on the right. He's driving on the left, and I'll sit there on the right. He's God. He can sit where he wants, okay? And God is right there with him. And God can convict him and change him and do what he wants to do because that's the God that I serve. And we've got this idea that I've got to sit there and go, oh, honey, don't you want to know Jesus? And, and I'm not saying those things are wrong. But we've got an idea, idea that we have to do it. This church couldn't do anything. And God went before them to do what they could not do. And behold, the angel of the Lord come upon him and a light shined in the prison. All of a sudden, listen to this, the spirit of God shows up and the light turns on. God was showing him without the help of the church through the spirit and the power of God. Peter could see what he could not see before. You guys are going to have to just let that soak in for a minute. God, I, I, I've, got, I've got this relative, and Lord, he is such in a mess, and he doesn't even see his mess. God says, I can make him see his mess. Man, Lord, I, I've got my spouse. I, I've preached, I've taught, I've begged them, but they can't see their need of salvation. God said, I can make him see his need of salvation. I can do more than you ever could do. I can do what you cannot do. The Bible says that he went before him, and when he showed up, he turned the light on. You know what that is? God's just walking in there showing the truth. You know what the light and darkness does? It blinds us to the reality of what's around us. The word of God being preached, just so you guys know in our reality, the word of God is alive. I hold before you the living truth of God's word. I'm not preaching my words. I'm not telling you a story. I'm not telling you what I think. But the word of God is a bright shining light. It's a light unto my feet. and a light. I, I am mixing everything up. It's a light, Amen. <laughs> You have, you have the word of God and the spirit of God working. And let, let me just say Easter Sunday. You know why I say Easter Sunday? Because we're going to have 500 to 1,000 guests. You say, how do you know that? Because I believe God can do that. Amen. And the Bible says how oh, it's a light. And you're sitting there and you're praying for that person to the left of you and say, they can't see their need. But the word of God shines right down on them and God wakes them up to their need. God shows them what you've been trying to show them for years. But God has a whole lot more power to do it than you have to do it. Here he is. Behold, the presence of God shows up there. The spirit of God, the angel of God, however you want to put it. And the light turns on in the middle of that. Let me tell you, what was the light? It was the presence and the power of God in the middle of that dark place. It gets better. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise, go quickly. See, the power of prayer has the ability to wake people up. You say, how does it do that? 
You say, my husband would never listen to anything you have to say, but you don't know what the Spirit of God is able to do. Now, you can tell me I'm reading into this, but God literally woke up Peter with a swift kick, just like that. You say, you're just trying to come up with a cool comparison. No, that's what the Bible says. He woke him up by walking over and kicking him to get his attention. I don't know about you, but I I hope if an angel wakes me up, there's got to be better ways to do it. Bible says he did, it went over there and kicked him to wake him up. I just think it's cool how God has a way of getting people's attention when we have no way to get their attention. He say, this is, this is a story about the moving and the presence of God. I, I've been there before. You've been there before. We, we've invited people to church and I'm sitting there and I'm looking over and I'm saying, dear God, they're not even paying attention. Lord, I, I, it has taken me two years to get them to walk into the door of a church. Lord, I've been praying this for years, and I can't even get them to pay attention. Dear God, and all of a sudden, God walks over and just kicks them. God has a way of shaking them up. God has a way of getting their attention. When your words bounce off their head over and over again, God has a way of doing what we cannot do. It's only the power of God. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Let me ask you, who did it? All these times that we pray, dear God, they're they're bound in that affliction. Now, I, I, I I do not have the testimony of what a lot of people are able to say. Saying, man, when I was... Back in sin, and I, I dealt with this and dealt with that, and how God freed me from this addiction or that addiction. I, I, I say that to the glory of God. I used to say, Lord, I wish I had a really cool testimony. Now I realize my really cool testimony is the fact that God saved me from those things. But I, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I, I, there's a lot of people that you're bound in afflictions, and they've tried everything, everything to try to conquer that in their life, and they can't. Just by a, a word of testimony this morning, how many of you could tell me that you were able to overcome something that you couldn't do before because of the power of God. Raise your hand. Look, look around, everybody. Can I tell you, you guys can put your hands down. God's not done doing that. For us, we, we, we look at those people that we love so much and saying, man, if I could just get them through this, if I could just get them through this broken marriage, if I could just, just, you can't, but God can Bible says the, the chains just fell off of them. God breaks the bonds of our sins. Read on, verse 8. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and by thy sandals. And he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Can you imagine Peter Being this spirit-filled, spirit-minded, following the word of God, walk with Jesus Christ, and even he is experiencing something he didn't even know was true. Peter wasn't questioning, but he was like, through that whole thing, I think he wanted at times to reach up and poke him just to see if, if he was real or not. And he said he didn't even know if it was a vision or something that happened because it was so out of the norm. I I think we've gotten God into a box so much that we don't believe that God can still do things that are out of the norm. We don't, we don't believe that God could go before us to that relative and say, my son's in Afghanistan. God says, I, I could reach your son in Afghanistan. My son doesn't go to church. God's saying, I don't have to use just the local church to do it. I can do anything in the power of God. 
But I love how the fact that in this passage right here, the Spirit of God comes in here and says, Peter, you're in a mess. Follow me. I'll get you out of this. Let me tell you, this not only applies to lost people. Let me tell you, it applies to all of us. When you don't know what to do, the power of God has a way of stepping in to show you what you could not do yourself. God literally says, you, you follow me, I'm going to get you through. And then you get down to verse 10. And then when they were past the first and the second word, they came into the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed through one street, and forthwith the angel departed him. And Peter was come to himself, and he said, Now I know of surety that the Lord has sent his angel and had delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from the expectations of the people of the Jews. You know what, at the end of it, Peter stood back and said, God, I know all that you did, it was you. It wasn't me, it wasn't an emotional experience, it wasn't something I fabricated, something that I tried to do. God, I realize now, it was all you. You know what I, I want to see for Fellowship Baptist Church? For us simply to bow the knee and cry out to God and say, God, we can't do so many things. We've raised our hands. We've had 500 people raise their hand this morning saying, God, I realize that I cannot do this of myself. Guys, I know I'm in speaking in respect of loss, but all of us have something that we're asking God to do that's beyond our limitations. Reaching somebody or fixing something or fixing you. God has a way of going beyond, and God says, man, I'll fix it, I'll finagle. In all this case, the church was over there praying, the situation was over there, but God did the work through the power of God. Now notice this. God was working in ways that they could not see. And when, verse 12, and we had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Have you ever prayed for something you didn't think God was actually going to do it? Have you ever prayed for something and you don't show up expecting it because you didn't really believe that it could happen? Have you invited somebody to the church and you say, man, if they've been in church all their life. This church service is not going to be any different than it was before. I don't know the hearts of these people, but I've got a feeling they didn't, really, they, they didn't give God enough credit for what they thought God could do. Let me show you. And Peter knocked on the door. Imagine this. And a damsel hearkened named Rhoda. Rhoda gets up and she's, oh, somebody's at the door. She didn't know who it was. They, they didn't know if it was just somebody coming to join them for prayer or whatever. She comes in. She checks the door. Who was at the door? Church, don't fall asleep. Who was at the door? I thought he was in prison. See, see, God did what they were not expecting God to do. But God showed up to do what God answered their prayer. God answered their prayer. And she went back and all the church rejoiced and said, God answers prayer. I see God can do everything. No. And when she knew it was Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told Peter, stood before the gate. And they said unto her, thou art mad. They, they turn around and say, girl, you're crazy. Quit, quit making things up and get down here. We've got to pray for Peter to get out of jail. What do you do messing around and pretending that Peter's at the door? How much confidence did they have in their prayer? You know, if we really believed that God could do this, they would have been praying and saying, all right, the five of us are going to pray. We need somebody waiting at the door for Peter to get here. But we don't do that. How many of you believe that God could actually blow the doors out of our church Easter Sunday and fill the church up? How many of you are praying for it? 
How many of us are actually going to say, God, I believe that that person that I'm praying for, Lord, that you're going to reach them, that you're going to bring them, that you're going to break them, that you're going to kick them, whatever, or that you're going to do what I cannot do. They come back and say, that's impossible. Girl, you are, you are crazy. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. You think about that. Think about Peter. Here she comes up and says, oh, it's Peter. And go, oh, thank you. And she runs back in the room. Thinking, could at least open the door. She constantly affirmed that it was so. And then said they, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. The word astonished means beside themselves. The word astonished means that they were amazed. I've said all this to say this. I desire to be amazed at the power of God. I want to be able to stand back and say, wow, I saw God work in a way that I did not expect him to work. I saw God do what I could never do. I, got, I saw God convict and change hearts and people that I never, I, I have tried to convince and I've tried to talk to and God did what I could not do. Now I have, I have laid this out before you guys and just saying this. I think we are, are far past the days of talking about the need. Boom, hands right up. I know somebody, I know somebody, I know somebody. My question is the application of what are we going to do about it. Of coming together and saying, Lord, we come together as a church united. They were, the Bible says that they were one accord, praying in one accord as a church, continually without ceasing. Now, we're going to leave here in just a minute. But I'm praying that the prayer of the one accord of the church does not cease for what we're asking God to do. I'm praying that the prayer of God, that we're praying that God will go beyond our limits, beyond the doors. God will break down every wall of petition that stands between us. That God will go beyond where people are, the people that you are broken for, and saying, God, do something great in their life. But not ever without the power of God.